Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, just another uh, dreary fall day in Chicago, fellas. That's what's good over here which ain't nothing good. But anyway, enough about my misery. What's going on with y'all? <laughs> <laughs> man, everything good with me, man. You know, just uh, getting up these leagues, friends. You know how it is my neighborhood, man. It's that time of the season. Okay, I got I to gotta talk to y'all about that real quick. So I, I, <laughs> I got a neighbor, bro. They got a, they got a little yard service, and I'm, I'm giving them salute to the fact that they want to keep their yard on point. But why are you blowing all that shit in my yard? I had to go talk to the lawn guy. I'm like, hey, bro. I saw what you did. He said, no, what you mean? You blew all those leaves that was over there, over here. That's what you did. <laughs> Stay, like, off you. Stay off my lawn press. Stay off of my lawn press was in full effect. <laughs> I made him blow all that shit into the alley. I was not playing with him. He ain't want that smoke. No, nah, he ain't want that smoke, man. Why you bully the guy, man? You done bully the man. The lawn man got bullied by prayers. <laughs> Hey, just like you don't want them leaves in your yard, a dub. I ain't want all them extra leaves. I already, it's already enough. Y'all reminding me at the falls here, and then I'm like over here. I'm like, wait, how I get all these double leaves now? They'll happen. Hey, now check this out, friends. Did, did I look over? Did I look next door? <laughs> did, did I look next door? That lawn emptied in the motherfucker. Ain't no leaves at all. Right. You like? <laughs> um, I, I know your yard, man. Come and get these leaves. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna walk walk outside with a with a leave me alone shirt on? I see what you did there, DC. I see what you did. Right. <laughs> so, DC, what you been up to, man? Man, just trying to make sure that uh, that I can add to my arsenal when it comes to uh, you know the kitchen here. You know, I know we talk about my jambalaya quite a bit on the podcast. So, so what I what I did was, you know, I had to go into the archives and, and pull out. My own uh, daddy's Chipotle. That's not what DC stands for, but it's but it was daddy's Chipotle last night. So, so me and the okay. kids we threw down, made a nice little homemade uh, chicken bowl. You know, had the black beans, the brown rice, you know, the the pico, you know, all the all the good stuff. So, Man, so one of when the kids, good, you over there, good. Trying. <laughs> I am trying. <laughs> Trust hey, me, so share some of that DC. <laughs> You know, tis the season. It's, it's 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 that time of year to eat good. So uh, so definitely. That's what's up, man. I bet them kids, boy, they was they probably scarfed that shit down too. Boy, I ain't never eat that good at them ages. Them kids lucky, man. I'm telling yeah. you, my daughter's <laughs> like, can I have some more? And I'm like, there is no more. What are you <laughs> <talking about? laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Honestly, this is this that time of year. I mean, next week, guys, we're gonna be eating good. Audience, I hope you guys are gonna be spending time with your loved ones and you know, people that matter to you and mean the most to you. It's been a tough 18 months. So, man, DC, that was such a good point because I'm just thinking about that. I'm so thankful, especially this time of year. I know I was complaining about the weather and the leaves and all that. But at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to being able to connect with, you know, friends and family. And shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even pull up on y'all too. So don't even be surprised. Get a, oh, yeah. get a little call off, get a little call from prayers. Like, man, what's good? What's good? <laughs> hey, pull up, brother. Pull up. That's pull what's up, up man. All right, my man, my man, I'm gonna hold both of y'all to that shit. Audience, and I'll let you know if uh, they don't let me in. I'm gonna let y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> As always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You can find the Crave It app on Apple and Android applications. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. So, fellas, before we get into this episode, I want to talk to you guys really briefly about Clear Copper and her importance on the Chicago Sky team, because as you guys know, She's going to be entering free agency here in January. And GM Wade has gone on to say, 
she is a top priority. Shockingly, right? We know that. But wanted to get you guys' thoughts on Kalia Copper, her importance, and what do you guys see that the Chicago Sky are going to do as far as bringing her back to the fold for 2022? Man, Perez, I think you're right, man. They have no options but to try to get her back. I mean, she's a two-way player. We already talked about this already with her being the MVP. I mean, they have no choice but to go after her, man, because right now she's in her prime. And I think she's pretty much one of those cornerstone pieces to what we're trying to do going forward. So, yeah, man, I think that she's the one we got to go out there. And I think, you know, push come to shove. You know, that's that pouring rule that's out there. They can utilize that if need be. Yeah, I, I feel like we got to go all in because she let her game speak for itself during that that stretch that stretch run uh, and, and in the championship. And, like, you got to look at uh, – and I always compare her similar to um, – to Zach Levine, like what's going on with the, the current Bulls now. Like she is the future of this franchise. Candace Parker came in and no doubt, you know, changed the culture there. But Kalia, she's, she is, you know what I'm saying? She is that woman. <laughs> she is, you know, you, you can't, uh, you can't move forward without her. So Coach Wade, GM Wade, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> make sure you get Kalia Copper back in the Chicago Sky uniform. Now, I agree with what you guys both are saying there. Now, one thing that Kalia has said is that she's leaving her plans open-ended regarding her free agency. So when I hear stuff like that, it means, hey, she's open to leaving as well. But she also said to return it to the Sky is attractive. But she's a Philly girl. And she even openly talked about the fact that she wanted them to have a franchise there in her hometown of Philly. Man, that's tough, man. I hope we don't lose her. When you're a free agent, you want to explore, right? Keep all your options open and see what you want to do next. But I'm quite sure right now she want to enjoy that time off, you know, enjoy being a champion. I just hope that she wants to run it back. She's not the only one. You know, we've got a few pieces here that are hitting free agency. So it really just depends on if this group of ladies really want to run it back. You know, mm-hmm. to you, to your point there, Perez, you know, if they are committed to saying, hey, you know, no one can beat us until we say so. And then that's the mission and that's the goal. Then I see no reason why they all don't come back and give it another shot. Once you win, right, you want to see if you can do it again, Perez. I think that's probably the most intriguing thing about it, right? Coming here and staying in Chicago is the fact that you just won one. Why not go for a repeat, right, Perez? Let's see what happens there. Fair point. Now, DC, you made a point that I think is really important for the audience to think about. The Chicago Sky have four players on contracts through the 2022 season. So this does give GM Wade some flexibility with that salary cap and probably the most flexibility he's had. Because in addition to that, you got Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley that are going to be unrestricted free agents. So we don't know the situation is going to happen with those two. So we'll see what happens here. But I will tell you this. Expect someone that you really love on the Chicago sky, probably to not return. Just be ready for that. Ouch. That's going to hurt right there, man. I mean, I want to see all of them return back, but I think the one thing that's in their hands that that I talked about was that core rule. If they want to designate that on uh, Khalil copper, you know, because what that core rule really does, it pretty much says you can, um, that you can't that you, as that that person must resign back with the sky. Once you put that rule in that person, you get to do it for one person on the team. So she might be the one who knows. We'll see what happens at that point. But, at the end of the day, man, I'm hoping that we can keep them off. Well, shit, hopefully Candace Parker can get her little LeBron James on and get on the phone on January 15th and get all three of those ladies back. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Same, same. And, and just thinking about it, you know, I, I've got a favorite out in Vegas by the name of Miss Elizabeth Cambage, who's also in mm-hmm. free agency. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, you know, if we do unfortunately lose one of our key talents, you know, Miss Liz, you know, Chicago's a nice city. Just throwing that out there. I do hope, though, that Kalia Copper and, and Coach Wade and that staff can get that figured out. So January 15th, they can start negotiating with our audience. We're going to do an in-depth preview later in the year regarding WNBA free agency. This is going to be the biggest WNBA free agency in, in their history. And I'm excited that they're finally getting some shine because there's so many players that are going to be free agents. When I was looking through the list, fellas, I'm like, damn, these are some big-time names on the list. I'm like, ooh, this is going to be fun. So we're going to unpack all of that for you guys. Like I said, probably around December, we're going to get some content out there specifically to WNBA for it. All right, fellas. Well, let's switch gears here quickly to the Chicago Bears. We talked about it in the last show. They lost to the Steelers. We also talked about that awful, awful officiating in that ball game. Now, I want you guys to realize that prayers, A-Dub, and D-C, we don't make excuses. We know the officiating was bad. 
But our team also played their role in that loss as well. However, reports came out this week that the league admits privately that points were stolen from the Bears on Monday Night Football. And the fellas, this wasn't no surprise to us. We was like, no shit. But what do you guys <laughs> think about that aspect of things when that news came out? Uh, like, I'm like, it's a little bit too late for that. I mean, the game is over with. We can't get the win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not going to go back and turn back the clock on that. So it did hurt us. We really did see those plays. Fred, you and I talked about that on DBE, a couple plays that cost us points. And look what happened here, right? Nothing's going to change from that standpoint. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and I and I know the NFL, generally, they don't try to come down too hard on the officials. I mean, the most they can do is is what, you know, just switch up the assignments for them postseason. But truth be told, the way things are headed, it doesn't look like the Bears are going to make the postseason. So I don't see this coming back to benefit them in any way long term. But, yeah, it is, it's one of those things. It's like there's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah, it's like it's one of those situations of my bad. Like, nobody yeah. wants to hear, oops, my bad. Fuck <laughs> you, my bad. Right. <laughs> right. Now, I, got, I got a funny story. I'm about to get off track because that's what this reminded me of. I had somebody doing work on my car the other day, and they cracked something. And the guy looks at me. He said, my bad. I'm like, yes, yeah, you're bad. So you guys are going to pay for that part, right? You just did that shit right in front of me. You're going to hit me with that my bad shit. I don't play that. So that's what the NFL did here. And in this situation, the Bears can't do nothing about it. So they they said that Nagy cut up the tape, showed them all the players where we got fucked over, and this is what the league did. So it was almost privately. They didn't officially announce that we fucked up. They did this privately, and the reports got out there. So I'm not going to go into details of over again about the plays that they missed out on, but I'll just say this, audience. We know that the officials, they're not going to punish or suspend or fire one of their officials. The worst that's going to happen with Corrente, the official in question, is that he'll get downgraded, meaning he won't get the priority assignments. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If I see that son of a bitch officiating a playoff game, the Super Bowl, I'm going to be mad as a motherfucker. I'm telling you, I don't really get the Twitter fingers that much. But, hey, the old me had the Twitter fingers on fire, and I will come back. I will come out of retirement. Let that motherfucker officiate any key game down the stretch. I'm already on the NFL's bumper for a lot of reasons. But... Let that shit happen. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Prez, own him. Prez is on him. <laughs> no, man, I'm with you, though, Prez. I hear you, man, loud and clear on that, man. And um, he really did make some big mistakes. And it would have been nice to be four and five, <laughs> then three and six, right? So mm-hmm. it just sucks, man. It really does suck. You know, I had a prediction already, right? For what I thought we would do for the season. <laughs> hey, don't remind the audience. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not, not doing it. I'm not going to do it, friends. But, man, did that hurt right there, man? That hurt, man. It really did. So my eyes are looking really ugly. Thanks a lot, referees. <laughs> <laughs> they got to go undefeated to get to what A-Dub said. A-Dub was like 11 wins on the season. Ooh, right. <laughs> That's the stretch. That's a stretch. Dude, right? It really is. That is a stretch. I got to tell you before before we go on, Mac, I had told him about your prediction for the uh, the 11 games. You know what he said, A-Dub? What he, he said? He said, that's your Cubs high hopes. He said, you got to knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's cool, man. Hey, look, tell Mac, <laughs> hey, tell Mac this. A-Dub pretty much put his, all his apples in the hat, whatever you want to call it, in the hat, and I bet on our defense. That's what I did. I bet on our defense. Well, that's usually a smart bet. It just backfired on you in this in this situation. That's all. Right. <laughs> exactly. I've heard worse bets, A Dub. That's all I'm gonna tell you. I heard worse. That's true. That is true. Corinthe, I swear to God, NFL, do not put that man on any playoff game, especially if it's a game that I got some money on too. Oh, <laughs> oh the NFL don't want that smoke. They gonna get it like that long guy got it. They gonna get it like that long guy got it. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> I, I will say this, friends. He didn't hurt the spread on you though. He didn't. He didn't kill your spread, man. You had a spread bad. You got you won, right? I did, but a dub man, like you said, <laughs> four and five is a lot better than three and six. Consider point DC made, which I cringe when he said it, but he's right. The playoffs are looking like a pipe dream right now. Four and five, yeah. we'd have been in a better spot because that NFC is kind of tragic right now. Y'all look at the standards. You're right, man. Four and five have been a whole lot better, man. So I totally agree with you. It's really all about how they come out after this bye week. You know, if, if they come out refocused, re-energized, rejuvenated, there's a shot. But if not, 
<laughs> we gotta go undefeated, DC. We gotta go undefeated, man. Pretty much, man. Yeah, yeah. That's then, what we asking for prediction. here. <laughs> your prediction will hold true, then. I know, man. Right? You, you'll be a prophet. Prophet ain't dub. It ain't looking good though, right now. Hey, hold, hold out that hope, dub. Hold out that hope. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I mean, dude, I don't want this team to be bad. I want when I'm sitting out there, Soldier Field. Because listen, audience, you know how them games get. December, January. I don't want to be sitting out there in that cold for no goddamn reason. They, we better be playing some meaningful games now because we all talk about the fact that down the stretch here, it's, it's all about Justin Fields and his development. But man, I want to win some games too now. So that's true. I want to win some too. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can go, he'll go for some COVID things again, man. I don't know, Press. Anything can happen. It's the NFL. Yeah, we shall see. <laughs> As you guys know, we are covering the Bulls this season, specifically the Windy City Bulls. So they have their home opener Wednesday. So, fellas, very excited that we're going to be there covering that. We're going to get some really good pre- and post-game interviews for the audience. Great content going to be on the way. But when I look at this matchup that they have coming up with the Motor City Crews, this is the Detroit Pistons G League affiliate. They got some standout players on that team. One of the guys that I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, he's a former Michigan guard. Derek Walton Jr. He also was in the Bulls system. So this is somebody that when I look at on this Cruz team, he's someone that we really got to watch because he's averaging about 16 points per game. Yeah, it's it's something to be said about Detroit. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, if this is your first time listening, Prince <laughs> feels a certain way about the city of Detroit. So Fuck Detroit. When it comes to <laughs> so when it comes to uh when it comes to players that are in that Motor City uh, lineup, like uh, the aforementioned Derek Walton Jr., these guys are, are prideful too, you know, and and you know they're, they're they're trying to make their mark just like our Windy City Bulls are. So it's not a game to be taken lightly. You definitely want to come out and, and make a statement. You got to think about it too. This is your home opener, you know. We got mm-hmm. the, we, we're at the now arena, right? So you want to make sure that the fans are invested early because they're off to a one and three start, man. You're right about that. Let's get this momentum at home. You know, you always want to make sure you have a good home record. And that's what it's about, DC. You're right, man. Um, Showing up at home, man, trying to get that W. And I think for me, I want to see how competitive this team can be at at home, man. And I think where you guys are going with this is that, hey, how are we going to play? What are we going to do? And I think that's what it's about, our team, really. And Prince, you're the the good point, man, but our competition. You know what? We got to be prepared for that because these guys are going to come at us anyway. You know how it go. And it's our home. We got to protect home court. Yeah, we do. Not only uh, Derek Walton Jr. that I talked about, but they got Saban Lee on this ball club. And this guy right here. Now, we, we talk about Tony Bradley a lot on this show. And he's on the Bulls team right now. But Saban Lee came over to the Pistons organization in a trade from the Jazz where they acquired Bradley from the Jazz, along with Saban Lee. So Saban Lee actually is putting up over 30 points a game. This guy Ooh. is a bucket. He is Man. a bucket. <laughs> And I don't really get into the stats and all that stuff, but, bro, he's a bucket. He also dropping dives, too, man. I mean, this guy playing a great all-around type game. 30 points is nothing to scoff at, you know. And so, like I said, you know, you got to make sure that that you got your game plan airtight, like a a vacuum seal. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't let a guy come in there and embarrass you because you know these guys are looking to be a sports center highlight. What are all these guys in the G League trying to do right now? They're trying it's to get to the notoriety. It's a big yeah. Leagues, yeah. So a guy like this, well, you know he's filling it up. This motherfucker going to put that ball up every chance he get because he's trying to impress that big league affiliate. And so that's the thing that what makes me so excited about the G League is the fact that you got so many guys out there that are hungry and they're going to be playing hard out there. And that's why I really respect the G League and what they're doing because you got guys on these two-way contracts. You got guys right here that are like right there on the cusp of being called up. So Really excited times when you think about the G League and what they've been able to do to get this league in a good spot. And one thing you like about it as well, Prez, this is what you said is the humbleness in a lot of these, these um, young guys who are playing, man. They're really out there striving. They're fighting, man. They're working hard. And you start to see some of the growth in some of these guys, too, man. When you look around, you know, how long they've been in the G League, and you see them where they were when they first started to where they are when, they, when they're done. It's like, man, these guys have made a lot of improvement, a lot of sacrifice, and it's good to see when they called up, man, because that hard work paid off. And we've seen it with the Bulls. Marco was called up. Tyler Cook was called up. They're using this like Major League Baseball uses that farm system. And this is what I was really happy about with the G League because back in the day when they had that damn D League, it didn't work like that. (laughs) Those guys were just on an island. 
And it seems like now this G League, the way it's set up, is they're working side by side with the big league affiliate. Yeah, man, they really working hard for us on development. They really are keying in on that. So they want this to be the way, the route, right? That hey, after college, you know, you don't want to, you don't come to the big league, you go to G League, learn there and grow there. Instead of going overseas, you can actually grow here as well. Yeah, and, and if you look at where the Detroit Pistons are right now, too, they're not going anywhere for a while. So they're a team that'll be more prone to make more call ups than say, you know, a, a team like our Bulls, you know, that's, that's near the top mm-hmm. of the standings. You know, they're going to send guys back and forth between the, the G League and the, and the big team. So uh, so these guys are going to come in into the now arena and try to make a statement and try to get some of that, 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 NBA, uh, that NBA exposure. Yeah, so we'll definitely see what happens tonight. Fellas, we talked about this briefly over the summer in regards to tampering charges and the investigation that the NBA was going to do in regards to the Lonzo Ball acquisition. So the NBA investigation now has entered its advanced stages here. Fellas, how do you think this thing is going to end up coming out for us? Do you think we're going to end up on the, on the good side of things here? Or do you think that we might get slammed here? I'm thinking, Perez, that it's possible that we might get slammed, man. I'm really starting to get, get my mind set on that. I, I hate to look at it from a negative standpoint, but man, it's not looking good. I thought it was a foregone conclusion when we first went through, like, oh, we're going to win this. No big deal. But I'm like, oh, man, this could get ugly, man. And um, we got to embrace it. We got to prepare ourselves for that, you know, the unknown and, and the worst of this. So if it turns out to be good, fantastic. But right now, Press, I'm not so confident in that. Yeah, we saw a season ago how Milwaukee got hit. And I feel personally that the NBA, Adam Silver, uh, Commissioner Adam Silver, they want to use the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat as the poster children. Yeah, yeah make, make an example. So I wouldn't be shocked to see additional picks uh, forfeited. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a suspension, maybe, you know, front office suspension. I don't know whether that would be Mark Eversley or, or uh, Arturis, but either way, they're going to levy something down that will affect the franchise. The fines might be a little bit more severe. But they're going to make sure that this does not happen moving forward. Because you look at how long it's dragging out, too. You know, mm-hmm. this is this yeah. is this is taking a while. So whatever they're cooking up, it can't be a slap on the wrist. I don't think so either. And the point that you made, DC, that we talked about this earlier in the summer, the Milwaukee Bucks they got hit with a 2022 second round draft pick. But it would have been even tougher for them if they would have actually landed the player. They actually didn't even end up getting the guy because <laughs> he ended up signing with the Atlanta Hawks. So. In this situation, we got Lonzo. So it's making me really nervous with this situation because the NBA is going through all the messaging between all four of these teams, with the Heat, with the Raptors, with the Bulls and the Pelicans. So now you're going through all these messages and and communications. And what did I tell you guys this summer? These sign and trade deals. These are complex deals. The fact that we announced that trade so quick, that's what the NBA is looking at. I agree with your point. They're going to make an example out of the Bulls with this situation. That's what I really think. The Bulls and the Heat are going to take the brunt of the fact that these deals have been happening for years and years, and Silver wants to cut down on that shit. Well, if you go back to the trade deadline last year, it, yeah. the Bulls were linked to Lonzo. It was no secret. Even analysts, Mark Jackson, you know, you hear some of these commentators on TV talk about, oh, Lonzo would be a good fit here, or, or like the Chicago Bulls could use a guy like Lonzo. So, this is just my theory on it, uh, is at that time when those talks were going on between our tourists or Mark Eversley and, and David Griffin, it was probably just understood like, yeah, we'll probably just let them walk. We're not going to try to match. If you guys want them, you can have them, you know, but we want to make sure that we get something back decent in return. So I felt like it was probably just an understanding so that once free agency opened up, there was no, no smoke, no beef, no like, hey, no, no, no tug of war. I felt like they had already addressed this earlier in the year. But, of course, the NBA's got to do their research. But, you know, that's just my thought process on it. That's a fair point because you're right. They did have those discussions at the trade deadline. Nothing materialized. So maybe they had, like, a gentleman's agreement that, hey, this is how we'll proceed. However, I don't know if that's exactly legal, but I'm sure these teams do that <laughs> shit all the time. Right. And that's why I think, Chris, maybe the players do it probably more so than anything else. But 
because like you DC was saying, Captain so fast, right? Like, whoa, they're off the market pretty quickly. What's going on here? So they feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe you ought to have done something a little bit too quick because they not these free agents haven't had enough conversations outside of that, you know? They already own teams already. Just think about this. Now, the Bucks they only have to lose a second-round draft pick, but the NBA raised these penalties. So the maximum yes. fine that a team can get is $10 million. And as you mentioned earlier, D.C., a possible suspension of the team executives, forfeit draft picks. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We can't afford to lose no more damn draft picks. I don't even think we got that many left. <laughs> right. What's left? <laughs> exactly. But see, that that could be a case where we may have to, you know, look at a player as being a casualty of this. You know, you when we got Kobe White coming back, but if those first round picks are going to be valuable in the future, we may have to part ways with, with one of our young talents just in order to get a first round back, a first round pick back. And that would be tough because that was one of my bold predictions going into the season that we would trade Kobe White. But now that this guy's back and I'm like, shit, I want to see what he's going to be able to do with this team. So hopefully he's somebody that does stick for the rest of the season because it would suck to see us trade him now to recoup some draft capital because of possible forfeiture of a draft pick. That would suck. Absolutely. Yeah, that will definitely will suck. But that's what else going to be important for us that we continue to develop the players that we have, man, whether G League or in the big league, you know, uh, we're going to have to develop mm-hmm. these guys, you know, because that's going to be a key. Like you said, those draft picks we could possibly lose. Well, we can't get that back. What are we going to do with the current team we have now? You know, what are we doing to help these guys continue to get better? That's a fair point, Adel. That's a fair point, because one of the things when I sat down with Coach Damasant, he mentioned that fact of, hey, everything that I'm doing here with this Windy City Bulls team is taken from that DNA of the big club. So everything that Coach Donovan and those guys are doing, I'm going to be doing that same thing down here with these Windy City teams. So to your point, hey, maybe it is them cooking up some of these guys in that Windy City team, and maybe they could come in and kind of fill in. So we'll see what happens there. But I would just say this situation, getting to the final stages, you know the NBA is about to hit the Bulls with something. So audiences, don't be surprised if it's some bullshit. I'm just saying, just don't be surprised. (laughs) Don't be surprised. I just hope that it's going to be worth it because from what we've seen from Lonzo so far, man, this guy's been everything I expected and more. I wanted you to get you guys' thoughts on his impact early on in all this. I know we talk about Lonzo Ball a lot. I just love the guy. I love him. I love LeVar. Ball control. Lonzo Ball is, it's poetic. We, we, we just talk about how the whole thing came together, but when you think about it, was there another point guard in the league that could have given the Bulls exactly what they needed other than Lonzo Ball. No. I, I can't name one. I mean, Chris Paul, but, you know, just, but you got to look at his age. You got to look at his situation, you know, like Lonzo Ball being not even in the prime of his career yet. You know, we got to look at it. He's only 23. Mm-hmm. But from a defensive standpoint, just from knowing the game of basketball, give LeVar Ball some credit. And I love to see Stacey King you know, on the broadcast, shouting out LeVar Ball, you know, like, man, he did a great job with his boys. Yes, you sir. Know, like, that's, that needs to be said more often because you saw how the media just ran LeVar through the, through the mud and all he was doing was standing up for his sons. Talk that Think talk, DC. It. Talk that's that talk, DC. That's all he did. That's what any father would do. Well, that's so, what any father worth his salt would do. Half these goddamn fathers out here ain't worth shit, but that guy right there, that part. That part, right? He got $200 million kids and a third one in the league. And they was too worried about what comments that he was making. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. This guy right here, Richard Williams, he's the Richard Williams of the NBA. And Richard Williams is another one that don't get the props that he deserves. We will see that LeVar Ball documentary movie in the future because Lonzo Ball right now is is writing the script on the court at the UC, at the Staples. We saw what he did. Like, Lonzo Ball knows what's said about him. He knows what's said about his daddy. Some of that, some of those shots are for LeVar. You know, like, uh-huh. just take that one. Take that one. That's for <laughs> my dad. <laughs> right there. You know, like, so, like I said, it's poetry. You know, it's, it, 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 there's a rhyme and a reason. A reason and a rhyme. And Lonzo Ball is on both sides of that coin. And remember, guys in the league was coming at Lonzo because of some of the stuff that his dad was saying. Remember, his dad was like, oh, he's better than LeBron. He's better than Jordan. Like, he was saying all kind of loud and shit. But I don't think people got the point of why LeVar was saying that. He was trying to take the pressure off of Lonzo and putting it squarely on himself. But a lot of people don't realize that. 
or he could also have been doing that just to give his kid more attention, right? So people can look at his kid, right? And that's what you want to do. I mean, one of the most important things you want to do is have all the scouts, all the NBA teams, executives watching your kid, right? To see what he what he can do. And you got to, like, like DC was saying, man, you got to give LeVar Ball a lot of credit because they are very good team players. They have good IQ as well, Perez, and they got the good fundamentals of basketball. And that's something that's hard to teach. You see a lot of times in this game, man, a lot of kids cannot pass <laughs> like the Ball brothers, man. They are good. So I got to salute LeVar Ball, man, from putting his kids out there to make sure they got the attention. And matter of fact, they're in the league. So, and they're doing well. And that's all you can say that when you have kids like that, they're in the league because of you, what you actually helped contribute to that. Hey, you get all the flowers right there. So, so I got to ask you, who's better, Lonzo or Lamella? I think right now, if I had to pick right now, I would say Lonzo's better right now, but I think Lamella's going to be better down the road. I'm telling you right now, this is a very, very, very tough question. And it's going to be a debate for years to come. Oh, yeah. I would have to personally say Lonzo. Okay, okay. That's Straight what I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strictly because of his composure, he knows not to let his ego get the best of him. He knows who he's playing with. Think about the level of talent that Lonzo's played around, and look at the level of talent that LaMelo's played around thus far. Lonzo has been teammates with LeBron James, with Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, now DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic. So, bona fide all stars. And, and and future all-stars in the making. Lonzo does not beat his chest, pump his chest, like, look at me, I'm that dude. <laughs> no, he just lets his game speak for itself. So that's what you want to see at 23 from a guy. LaMelo is flash, and and yeah. rightfully so. LaMelo's going to make sports center, but Lonzo doesn't care about that. Lonzo, I feel like, will be the winning ball player with rings, with championships. LaMelo may get there too, but they're in, they're in two different categories. Yeah, and I, and I say this too. I agree with that 100% because when I look at Lonzo, the thing that I like about him is that he gets it done on both ends of the floor, right? So right. when you watch him, he's fighting through screens. He's deflecting passes. Those are the things right there that a lot of people don't talk about. That ain't the sexy stuff. That's not the highlight plays that Melo's making, right? However, on this team, that's the shit that's leading to our success because we talked about it this summer. On defense, we said, oh, man, we're going to be fucked with Levine and DeRozan on the same unit together. But you can't even tell with the way this team has been playing defensively because Lonzo has been so key with that, in addition to Caruso coming off the bench. But however, Lonzo, that effort that he gives on the defensive side of the floor, that goes unnoticed by so many people. And that's the thing that I think what makes him better than his brother. Because sometimes with his brother, he's all steak but no sizzle, in my opinion. That's the biggest thing. You mentioned a lot of those things right there, the dirty work Lonzo's willing to do that his brother not willing to do. His brother looking to score probably mostly, you know, do a lot of what he's going to do on the offensive side of it. On that defensive side, like you say, Press, that's what gets you over the hump. And then you add that along the fact that Zoe is now hitting the three now, Press. He has gotten better shooting the ball. That makes a huge difference because that's the one thing people were worried about. Like, man, this guy can't shoot. I and mean, that was a big, that's a big talk about him. But now that's starting to change. I mean, he's already did a few games here with the Bulls already, man. He's been knocking down that three. So he's doing that, Press, making open shots. He's also getting Grammy on defense and one of those guys, he, he could possibly be first team defense at the end of the season if he continues at this rate. So he's putting the work in. He's showing us, man, what he got. And to me, that makes him one step above his brother. Yeah. First team all defense is not far-fetched whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. he's taking on the best player every night. And I'm not trying to throw any shade at any other previous Bulls player that played the point guard position. Because you know my love for Derrick Rose. But Derrick wasn't doing that. No. And and that's what you that's sometimes that's what you need out of your point guard is to get ahead of it. He Lonzo's picking up guys full court. You know what I mean? So like he's initiating those fast breaks, you know, by his style of play. And then you throw Caruso in there too. So it's just it's infectious, it's contagious. And <laughs> and he's worked on his game. So not only yes. is he going to come down and take your cookies, he's going to come down and drop a three in your mouth. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. 
Now, yeah. one, one point that A-Dub made, and it was around Lonzo Ball and his three ball. Now, that is something that we've seen him really improve upon in his career, especially when he was with the Pelicans. We really start to shoot the ball very well there. However, one of the frustrations that Lonzo had at that point in his career is that they viewed him only as a three and D type of guy. So a lot of times Lonzo was just standing in the corner and he would get an open shot. And that was all he was doing. The thing that he says about this opportunity here in Chicago is that Billy Donovan views him as the basically the engine. He's like, look, I got the keys. And that high basketball IQ that both he and LaMelo possess, that is the thing that really, I think, gives him the big advantage here in Chicago. It gives us a big advantage having this guy on our team because you mentioned the type of players that Lonzo has been around. Now, you think about that for a second. He was able to share a locker room with LeBron James. Think about the knowledge he was able to just soak in from just being around him. Now, right. Zion Williamson, he's had an uneven start to his career, but Zion Williamson is a freak of an athlete, right? You just got to think about some of the players he's been able to be around, and that is something that we also benefit from. And a lot of people don't talk about that, so that was a hell of a point, D.C. But the other thing that he's doing, Chris, in addition to that, is that he's making everyone else around him being, become willing passers, right? These guys probably haven't been willing passers like that in their careers, really. I mean, I see Zach right now, like, hey, I don't have a problem taking the back seat, you know, because it's so easy now to play together. You're going to get your shots. Lonzo don't make you change up your game. But in fact, he make you expand your game and play his style as well, meaning that, hey, you know what? Since I'm unselfish, you're going to be unselfish. So that's the one thing I like about Zoe and what he has done, man. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have the kid. And NBA, just take it lightly on us with that fucking fine and whatever you guys are going to do. But audience, we're going to get into some of the most recent games here. So the Warriors game, we joked about it last time. How do you stop Steph? Well, we got our answer. He put up 40. Lonzo did everything he could in that situation. That man was in that dude's side pocket. He was playing that ghetto defense on them, as they call it, at the park. None of that shit was working, guys. No, man. The one thing you mentioned about them, Fred, is you talk about Golden State. They set a lot of screens, a lot of screens. It's the guy who's actually man setting the screen. How quick can you get over there, right, and pick up, you know, Steph Curry coming up those screens when he's coming downhill. If you're not there, you give that guy any sort of day, like, you know, he's going to shoot it, man, and make the best of it. So you got to be really careful with defending the three and being right there at the right spot at the right time when that guy make a move. So you see sometimes other teams, what they do, they double, you know, on, on the screen and roll. They send both guys. To get, the, get the ball to Curry came. We didn't do enough of that in this game here. We allow Curry to get free. And what he does when he gets free, he executes. He makes big buckets. I know Stacey King usually says this on the call a lot, too. There's five Javantes out there. There was like 10 Steph Currys out there because he, he's, <laughs> he is everywhere. And you have to account for him literally everywhere on the court. So if his three is not falling, then he's he's sneaky. He's going to find a little back cut. He's going to find a way to get to the bucket or, or dump it off. And what you saw out of that Warriors game was – you know, it, it was like a boxing match. You know, first quarter, second quarter, it was, it was tightly contested. And then that third quarter, they said, we're just going to take it d- directly at them. We're going to drive yeah. it down the, dr- down their throat. And I feel like the Bulls were not prepared for the loss of Vucevic. You know, that news coming out the day before they had to play Golden State mm-hmm. obviously changed everything. Because I could tell you, if, if Vucevic was in there, that would have been the perfect game for Vucevic to really snap out of that funk. I could have seen Vucevic with 25 and 10 that game. Because, you know, we, we were sorely missing uh, an outside threat. We needed five guys to stretch the floor, and we just didn't have it. No, you're right. Yeah. That should have definitely been the Vooch game because what we saw in this ball game was Zach Levine resorting back to last year's Zach Levine playing hero ball. I don't want to see that version of Zach Levine. I want that version of him, as A-Dub mentioned earlier, where these guys are willing passers because they're playing with a guy that's unselfish like that. We got away from that a little bit in that Warriors game. Yeah, the one thing they were doing, Chris, it made it even difficult for uh, guys like Zach Levine or, or, or DeRozan was that when one of those guys goes to the bench, they can load up a box and one of those guys. So now if you try to get to your spots, it's not that simple, not that easy to get some other guys some shots and make, make some plays. And unfortunately, that didn't happen that way. That's why we need Vooch at right there, right? And the things like that, because Bradley isn't Vucevic, you know, Vooch. And you can saw Bradley struggle. He's not that kind of a guy that really attack, go in attack mode like that. He's looking for his guys, right? And nothing wrong with that. But it's just that Vooch has a different mindset than him. And if you're missing that key score right there, it hurts. 
But my point yeah. was the fact that that defense, they did load up on those guys. Instead of Zach passing the ball, he yeah. was forcing up tough shots. Yeah, definitely. You guys are hitting hitting it on, on the head. Zach was frustrated. And I think mm-hmm. I've talked about this too on a previous episode. When Zach gets in his head and Zach is frustrated, he 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 reverts back and gets like PTSD, thinking these are like last year's Bulls or two years ago's Bulls, thinking Jim Boylan's over there on the sideline. Like he, he just reverts back to old Zach, and we cannot have that. And then you see DeMar DeRozan really struggled that game too. So it, it was just ugly all the way around, but I'm glad that the Bulls were able to just compartmentalize it, check it, be like, you know what? We weren't ready. We got punched in the mouth. We did this to ourselves, but next time it will be different. Yeah, absolutely, TC. And that's what they have to learn. This is a learning process, really. I mean, you went against a tough Warriors defense against other defense. You've been able to get away with it, right? Other defense who are not that strong. And I think to what what you were saying, Perez, is that you still got to be disciplined, right? And I think if you Zach Levine, you can't get over, can't get careless, right? You can't get, can't overdo it, right? And try to take on an entire team by yourself. So yeah, be mindful of that thing. And I think that's what that Zach is going to learn. As a matter of fact, I believe he learned the next one in the game. He saw a different type of Zach from when he played against Golden State. No, we we definitely did because it was definitely a different Zach. But we also saw Demar Derozan go to fuck off in this ball game. <laughs> oh man, Demar Derozan had the weekend of his life. We're talking about compartmentalizing from that Warriors game and then on to that Clippers game. It was just, it was, it was amazing to watch. I didn't know until after that game that, you know, his, his father had passed away and his father was used to coming to a lot of games and, you know, just for him to keep his head screwed on straight, not let the moment get the most of him. I saw there was one particular uh, timeout. They were walking back to the huddle and he kind of leaned his head on Zach, like, man, I'm out here, <laughs> you know, giving it my all. It was kind of like that flu game moment, but it was, <laughs> it was very brief. Thanks. But you could tell that these guys genuinely enjoy playing together. Like they like they're they're good. They're they're good friends off the court. Like I hear Damar and, and Lonzo and Zach are just, you know, taking extra time to come back up to the advocate center and, and get shots up. You know, Damar took full advantage of his opportunities in LA. And there was absolutely nothing that the Clippers or the Lakers could do about it. So it was it was beautiful. You know, I, I know Chef's Kiss is very trendy right now, but but <laughs> wow, like God, like come on, man. like that's 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 pure basketball. Number third, number three in uh, scoring in the NBA, like potential MVP candidate. If if we want to start talking standings and, and rankings right now, but Demar, nobody saw this coming out of him, that, especially the writers that call him the worst offseason acquisition. I'm still going to be on that shit. I'm going to keep talking about that every chance I get because I am so happy that he is proving people wrong and he is shutting these people up because there was a lot of haters that was on his bumper. There was a lot of them. And I'm telling you, he's come here in Chicago and he is making some noise, boys. Yeah, Prez, you are definitely right about that, man. DeMar making some noise. And like DC said, man, he's been playing like an MVP candidate um, this season and uh, he's been cashing in. And the one thing DC brought up was around how all those guys you know, feel about each other. You can see the camaraderie with those guys, with um, Zoe, Jamar, and how these guys treat each other, man. Zach Levine, they all for each other. They want to see each other succeed. And they're playing that way, man. They really do like playing together. And you can see that, man, their chemistry. I mean, when they when they play, no matter how good it be or how bad it is, it gets. They realize, that, you know what, we can come back the next game and, you know what, and try to put it all together, man. And that's one thing I like about these guys, man. These guys really love playing together, man. They're jealous. So, so far, so good, man. I'm hoping it continues. That man, boy, he took it to him. I mean, because you guys talked about what happened in that damn Clippers game. But what about in that damn Lakers game? I'm so mad. And, and <laughs> audience, I, I got a little little side story to tell y'all just real quick. So, <laughs> so, you know, I'm a betting man here and there. You know, I'm very responsible, audience. But in the game, the over-under for DeMar DeRozan in this game was 25 and a half points. I took that over, and DeMar gave me a nice little 30 ball. Thank you so much, sir. Love you. <laughs> that's what's up friends indeed indeed when we we talk about the los angeles lakers as you know their royalty of the nba like oh they they always get the like they're the bell of the ball they're the prom queen they're they're like you know the topic of conversation and 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 because they have lebron james they're going to get that extra attention right but nobody is talking about 
how good this Bulls team is. And the fact that the Bulls realize that, oh, we're going up against the Lakers. Everybody talks about the Lakers. Here's an opportunity to put our foot on the Lakers' neck and make them talk about how good we are. Because everybody look at that Warriors game like, oh, they're going back to earth. You know, they're they're back to normally same old sad Bulls. No. Clippers, statement. Lakers, bigger statement. I don't want to hear about, oh, LeBron didn't play or, or they're missing a reason. No, you still got Russell Westbrook. Mr. Mm-hmm. Triple Double, you still mm-hmm. got Anthony Davis, you know, potentially one of the top five best players in basketball. You just won a ring two seasons ago, not even two full seasons ago, because it was a bubble that happened last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, come on now. Like, really, when you think about it, the Bulls are shorthanded too. We're right. without Patrick Williams or without Vucevic. So the conversation is really about who wanted it more. And the Chicago Bulls came out there and said, no, we want this. Damn, DC. In addition to what you just shared there about how much you wanted it, think about this too. We, we, we on the road, man. We on a road trip, you know? So it's not easy. Shorthanded and you on a road trip. So the Bulls came, like you said, took that game to the Lakers. I mean, Perez, DC, DeRozan, man, went to work. He's a closer. He don't shy away, man. That mid-range is deadly. And when he got that going on, man, there's not one person that's playing can slow him down. So this Bulls team is for real. That's a hell of a point there because I'm telling you, when that man gets to his spot, just consider that a bucket. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just going down. It's a, it's, a thing, it's a thing of beauty to watch that. And that's why I'm so happy that we have the head coach that we have now. Because think about that fucking clown that we had in here a couple seasons ago that didn't want his guys shooting the mid-range. Oh, it was painful. It was painful. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm starting to see some fire and some passion out of Billy Donovan over oh, there yeah. in that huddle in that sideline. Like, he's, he's like like level five final boss Billy Donovan now. Like, like you don't want to mess with me now. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, like, let's, let's get this thing. Like, it's, it's not preschool anymore. Uh, the previous coach that you just spoke of, we don't even need to mention his name because it's not, nope. you know, deserving of it because he didn't win anything. But, you know, he, it was preschool. You know, he was, he was out there just, you know, placeholder. And the players knew it. The fans knew it. The media knew it. But we got a real coach in Billy Donovan. Yeah, yes, we do. And I want to talk about Billy Donovan really quickly here, Perez. What, what I've seen on Billy Donovan, what he's doing on the defensive end, man, has been great. I mean, this guy has been locking guys down. I mean, think of what they've been doing to a lot of these great players, man. They've been putting, they've been going at those guys, double teaming them, making them look. We're not, we're going to show you great players, your respect. And at the end of the day, we're going to try to come down and play our game. So I got to give Billy Donovan a lot of credit, man, because he's not letting guys just go off for 50 on us. He's like, no, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to try to, I'm not saying Curry's the exception on that part, but for the most part, he's been going at these guys. I'm glad you cleaned yourself up there, A-Dub, because I know somebody was listening like, uh, you remember number 30? Because uh, he... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's going to bring it up there. That's going to bring that up. I know they was, man. Oh, uh-huh, they was waiting. You know, it's always somebody that they was waiting. They was like, ooh, I hope he cleaned that up. <laughs> exactly, because we don't, we did not let Anthony Davis kill us, man. We did not. We weren't going. Yeah, you know, Anthony Davis, he had a very quiet first half, and that was the Lakers undoing in that game, you know, if, I, if I'm being totally honest here. Because Russell, he, you know, he was getting his shots up, and I was like, yeah, Russell will keep shooting. I like, I want him to keep shooting. I want him to keep doing this. <laughs> exactly. X and O's, right? That's, that's, that's the game plan. Let him keep going, right? Let that one guy keep shooting. Don't let the other one do damage. Every time I saw him shoot a three, I'm like, DJ Khaled, another one. Because yep. they kept missing another one. <laughs> yep. That was dope. Before we get out of here, let's segue over to the Chicago Bears. So, obviously, audience, we touched on that a little bit earlier in the show, but I want to get some good vibes here before we get out of here. So, Justin Fields, our QB1 franchise quarterback, the guy that just gives us all the hope in the world for this franchise. He went on an interview during the bye week, and he said, the Packers, their time is coming very soon. Fellas, talk to him, because I love that type of swag coming out from our quarterback. Man, that means Justin Fields gets it, Press. He gets it. He know playing against Green Bay, man, it's, it's, the, it's the big deal, right? That's what we all been striving for, beating those guys. They've held down the division for way too long. And he's like, you know what? Got to take care of that. So, Justin Fields, hey, we all with you, baby. We, we with you. Let's handle that business. Yeah, he definitely gets it. And this city, we we love to, to, to put the Packers in their place. 
We love it. And he understands that. So him knowing that he's he's going to be around for a long time, and if he's got anything to say about it, he's going to put the Packers in their place properly, dispose of them properly, every opportunity, every chance he gets, because Aaron Rodgers is on his way out. And if oh, you're yeah. looking at Jordan Love, you know, yeah, man, he's worked out. <laughs> you're looking at that. He's like, he's like, oh, this is a cakewalk right here. That dude need to change his name. Get that. You ain't Jordan. Ain't nothing about you, Jordan. That shit out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I love, tough name to have. Yeah, dude. But I, I love what Justin was coming from from that situation because he knows something about rivalries. Think about when he was at Ohio State. That Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is one of the biggest rivalries there are. But the only difference between that situation is Ohio State always came out on the winning end. Here for Chicago, as of late, we've always come out on the losing end. So I'm very happy with the fact that this kid does get it, A-Dub, and I'm very confident in the fact that we are going to have a reversal of fortunes because, as I mentioned on the last episode, all these Green Bay Packer fans out here has been roasting us about our quarterback issues. Yeah, you know what? It was all funny, key, 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 we get it. But the same thing that make you laugh is going to make you cry, motherfuckers, because just wait, just, get, <laughs> just wait what's getting ready to happen with y'all with Jordan Love. Just wait. And I'll be sitting back. I ain't even going to say nothing. I'm just going to sit back with that smile on my face because – Y'all was joking on us for, what, 15, 20 years here? That's cool. But just wait till y'all see what Justin Fields does this next decade. It's going to be a thing of beauty, fellas. And right. they know it. They know it. Yeah, You see, they know it. They watch him press. They see Justin Fields. Packers Nation know what's going on. They see it, man. This kid's been growing. So, hey, look, Jordan Love, Justin Fields, totally difference right there. Huge difference. Between the Bulls? The Bears, the White Sox, you know, the Cubs going to turn it around. And then the championship winning sky. Like, Chicago is the place to be for sports. The Chicago State of Mind is the podcast to listen to for sports. I'm just going to put that on the table. Talk that right. talk. Talk that talk. <laughs> talk that talk, DC. I'm about to run through a fucking wall right now. That's what's up, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. Because you're right, man. This city right now, we got so much to be fortunate in and so much to be talking about. And audience, stick with us here on this show because we're going to give that to y'all real with no chaser. We're credentialed, so we're going to have access to these interviews. You're going to have video from what's going on in these games. So just view the Chicago State of Mind is that place to be to get all your Chicago sports content. We got y'all. Before we get out of here, let's give the audience one Bears player that has surpassed our expectations this season. Mine, friends, I'll go with Herbert as a rookie. He has came in, he has held it down in the absence, you and I talked about before, in the absence of Montgomery being hurt, he's shown us that, you know what, again, I can play football, I know how to do this job. As a matter of fact, he plays dual roles that you and I talked about, right, on special teams, and also playing at running back, so he's actually moved up to being our number two running back. So, hey, I'm all for this kid, because he's going to have a phenomenal career. I'm going to take an unconventional approach with this one. I'm going to say the guy that surpassed my expectations is Andy Dalton. Hmm. And for this reason, is because he stepped aside, essentially, and said, you know what? This is Justin Fields' time. And every time he's had an opportunity to get on the field, whether that be Las Vegas, whether that be at the Rams, whether that be Cincinnati, he's come in and been steady. You know, so in very limited action, and he could have caused a distraction. He could have fought... He could have fought this thing, but he didn't. He's been a supportive teammate. He's been, you know, everything we could have asked for in order to help Justin Fields ascend into this position. So, hey, DC, I like that one, man, because when you're going to talk to most people, they're not going to mention that name, but I agree 100% with that one because not only is it unconventional, it's 100% facts. Because not only did he step out of the way, he wasn't a distraction. He's been a help to Justin. Justin even said that during all the offseason that Andy's been in my corner this whole time. Not only did Andy come in here and they promised him to start and roll, but when Nagy finally had to backtrack from that, Andy Dalton could have been an asshole about it. He could have demanded a trade, but no, he didn't. He's played his role and he's played his part. So I love that, bro. Love it. Yeah, very good one there, sure. Jesse. Uh, mine is going to be Jason Peters. And the reason why I'm going to give you guys this one is because, of course, we could talk about some of the other people that have been more of the sexy names on the team. But I want to talk about someone that's an unsung hero as far as my uh, standpoint. Now, when we lost Tevin Jenkins this offseason, 
He had the back surgery. We had no fucking idea what we were going to do at left tackle. Then when we got the news that we were signing 39-year-old Jason Peters, who was fresh off of a fishing trip, he gets the <laughs> call from his former offensive line coach. And he's like, hey, man, you want to play? And Jason Peters, like said, when he saw the, the call come in, he thought something was wrong. He's like, wait, why is he calling me? <laughs> like, what the, what's going on? I hope everything's okay. You know, but the, the point of me saying that is none of us expected what we've gotten out of Jason Peters. But he has been solid there at left tackle. And he has surpassed my expectation. And we all know that Jason Peters is a future Hall of Famer. But let's not forget the fact that this guy was fishing when he got that phone call <laughs> to come play some football. So. Shout out to him because he's been the best offensive lineman on that line this season so far. And when you thought he was done, Press, he proved us all wrong. Definitely me. I think he's done right with really playing football. And to come out and get himself in good shape and work his way up and now being steady right there, Press, that's all you can say. That's a good pick that you made, man, because uh, right, I got nothing really bad to say about this guy. I see him get better and better. We got the week. Uh, they, it would be nothing to say bad about him because he's been a blessing in disguise. Because honestly, if we didn't have him on, on this offensive line, where would we be right now? Because it already isn't a good offensive line. So that's why I give him kudos there. So shout yes, out sir. to Jason Peters. Shout out to Jason big, Peters. Big shout out. Well, audience, final segment time. If this city could talk. And mine is going to be short to the point, but it's going out to Parlor Pizza. So all the latest news that we heard about Parlor Pizza is really, really upset me because I patronize Parlor Pizza. I love that place. I go to that West Loop location every summer. Go out there, have a little A Froman pizza. Love that. However, with some of the things that I'm hearing now that you guys are segregating your dining rooms by race and see the people of color in what they call the rejection section of your restaurant, it made me start thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. Where were they sitting me when I was coming in there? I was like, because I feel like I got seated a couple times in that rejection section. And I'm like, that's some bullshit. I'm like, y'all sitting people in these spots because you look at us as people of color and you deem that we're not successful. But I would tell the manager that these people that are coming to your restaurant, you treat everybody the same way. Because obviously, if they have the money to pay for that meal, they deserve to be treated with the respect. It doesn't matter what type of social class that you deem that these people in, that shit doesn't matter. We're all humans. We all deserve respect. DC always talks about service on this show. When I saw this, I was disgusted. I will never spend another dollar of my money at Parlor Pizza. So if this city could talk, these restaurants and these businesses need to understand that we are all people. We are all the same. It doesn't matter what you perceive my social economic class as. That doesn't matter. The point of the matter is if I'm in your establishment, I can afford to pay for this meal. Treat me as a human being. I'm with you there, Press. Hey, respect goes a long way. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. All that matters. If this city can talk, it will pretty much tell you all that, hey, it's the fourth quarter of the year. You already know. It's time for you all to start thinking about what you want to do next year, goals you want to accomplish, those kind of things. It's a good time to start planning and start thinking about that. I agree with you guys both. Excellent points there, especially uh, you, Perez, on the, on the parlor pizza thing. You know, we got to treat each other with respect. Me personally, uh, yesterday I was at a, at a store, and you, you'll see a cashier Let's just say there's there's a customer taking a little bit longer. So then they open up another lane, right? First of all, we don't see enough cashiers anymore, period. <laughs> so, you know, that's an old school thing. But um, <laughs> but but there was a line forming and cashier opens up the next lane. And then there was an older uh, gentleman behind me. And he's like, hey, you go ahead. I was next in line. You see some some lady with her kid and some balloons skirt over there to the lane, you know, the, the next over it. And then. Everybody kind of looks at her in shock, like, was it that serious? You're that impatient, that much in a rush? And and me, you know, doing doing uh, Lyft, you know, when I do it, and, you know, I see these things. So if, if this city could talk, it would say, in tune with, with prayers, you know, treat each other with respect. Wait your turn. You know, it, 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 it's not that serious. What are we rushing for? What are we really trying to accomplish by being first at everything? Competition is for the field, for the court. You don't have to compete with each other in race in terms of, of being a certain class. You know, just like, what, what is it for? You know, if you got 30, 40 more years left on this planet, what's 
two seconds going to hurt you to just step back and be like, you know what, you go ahead. Wave your hand when somebody's in the right of way, you know, or, or you're letting somebody get over, like, or you're getting over. Wave your hand, say thank you. Like, let's just be more kind, be more courteous, be more generous to people uh, and just treat each other with respect because a lot of these attitudes is the problem. I don't care what background you come from. It's, 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 it's the person you look at in the mirror that you got to check sometimes. Mm, well said. That's a dope-ass point on the way out. Dope-ass point on the way out. Audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You can join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app is available on Apple and Android applications. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice, We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. You asked all my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.